0: Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. The subject of spiritual warfare is a very, very, very important subject in the Bible. Unfortunately, it's not properly taught in many, many churches. I have been trying to do my best to teach part of it. it is, it's a very broad subject that will take like three months. But I want to touch on the important ones this month, and then maybe next year during the fast, we'll see if we can uh, learn some more. Amen. So last Sunday, I started teaching about the kingdom of Satan, where does Satan come from? We're always binding the devil, but who is really the devil? It is important that when you want to have victory in, in any battle, you must know your enemy well, who your enemy is, who are you fighting with, and uh, his strengths and weaknesses and everything that you need to know, all right? So um, we've been able to learn that Satan was not created as the devil. He was created as an angel of God, just like all the other good angels that we have up till now. But because of the special way he was created and the special privileges that he had, he decided to start thinking about exalting himself above the status of an angel to become God, exalting himself. But you know that that is not possible in any realm of existence. The creature can never become greater than the creator. And so Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. That means Jesus was not even involved in the fight. In fact, John had a vision that I want us to read about in the book of um, Revelation 12. Let's go to Revelation 12. Let's start studying from Revelation 12, from verse 1. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. Now, this man was seeing visions and speaking them as he saw. And uh, we know who this man is, was one of the apostles of Jesus Christ. His name is John. And John saw a lot of things in the spirit and he wrote down. But when you study this carefully, you will see that it is talking about vision that has to do with the devil, his angels, his activity in heaven, And how he was cast down. Now, last Sunday, I taught you that God told the devil something in the garden. When God cursed the serpent, God told him that, I'll put enmity between you and who? The... No, no, no. He said, I'll put enmity between you, Satan, and the woman. No mention of the man. Okay? And between your seed... And what? Her seed. I'll put enmity between you, Satan, and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. You will bruise his heel, but he will bruise your head. You see that God was making reference to two seeds, isn't it? Two seeds. The seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. That means God foresaw that even the serpent, that means Satan, was also going to try to do what? To initiate an action that will make him produce seed. Because he said, I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. All right? Okay, we read it last Sunday. Now, John is now showing us a vision he saw. He said, a woman is trying to give birth, but there was also a dragon, a red dragon. It has seven heads and ten horns. And the dragon stood before the woman ready to give birth, to devour her child as soon as it was born. Why? Because something has been said. So this, this scripture is a vision of what Satan did across the history of time. Since God said what he said. He has been very intentional trying to make sure that he prevents that seed of the woman from coming into existence because it has been said that that seed of the woman will crush my head and my seed can only bruise his heel. You know, when you bruise somebody's heel, you haven't caused too much harm. You have pain for a few weeks, but he will recover. But when you crush somebody's head, There's no recovery. In fact, he won't even feel any pain because he's already dead. So Satan has been very mindful of that prophecy God gave. But if I can just tell you, that prophecy was fulfilled on the cross. That prophecy was fulfilled where? On the cross. On the cross, Satan caused a little pain to Christ, isn't it? Yeah. But at that same time that he was going through pain, shedding his blood, Satan's head was completely crushed. But Satan did not understand what God's intentions was. So this is it. Ready to destroy. And the Bible said that the tail of the dragon drew a third of the stars of heaven. Now, anytime you see in any of the prophetic books, this statement, stars of God or stars of heaven, is referring to angels. Another statement, sons of God most of the time referring to angels. So the tail of the dragon drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. This is how we got to know that Satan managed to convince one third of the angels to follow him to the earth. That's what we call fallen angels today. Yeah, that means the angels of God are still more in number than fallen angels. That means there's more on your side than those against you. Verse 5, she bore a male child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. Do you know eventually when Jesus was born, there was an attempt to kill him? Yeah, same agenda of Satan. Same agenda of Satan. The day Herod heard, hey, a king has been born. Unknown to him, Satan is working remotely. No, you need to kill that child. But the Bible said that God was smarter than the devil. Jesus was taken out before the killing began to protect the plan and purpose of God. Verse 6. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her the 1,260 days. I'll explain this. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. That means the dragon also has angels. In this fight, you see, God was not involved. Can I tell you why? Because Satan is not in his class. Satan was not his level. So he said, you, my servants, go and fight. And how many of you know, Michael is not, not even the most powerful of the angels. There were higher ranks of angels, like the cherubs are more powerful. So God didn't even have to deploy all the most powerful angels to deal with Satan. He said, Michael, gather some people, take care of him. Then Jesus said, I saw Satan like lightning. That means the fight didn't last that long. (laughs) Like lightning. How long does lightning last in the sky? Seconds. That's how long the fight was. Is there any boxing record like that? Within seconds, the fight is over. Even spectators will be annoyed at least. At least. At least three rounds, then you knock the guy out. Then we know that we've got value for our money. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. Mm -hmm. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old. Now, up to now, we've been hearing dragon, dragon, dragon. This verse is now saying, the serpent of old. Which serpent is he talking about? The same guy that God cast in the garden. That's why he said the serpent of old was cast out, and his name was called what? The devil and Satan who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. We'll come back to this scripture in the course of this study, God willing. But so now we know that Satan was a fallen angel, an angel of God that that became rebellious and God threw him out onto the earth. When he came to the earth, he destroyed everything. So the whole earth was destroyed. So in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says in the beginning, Genesis 1 verse 1, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. So until the fall of Lucifer, there was only two regions. The spirit realm, which is heaven, the physical realm, which is the earth. Two places. But when Satan fell, because he's a spirit being, God had to seclude him to a place. So that he cannot have access to heaven. So God secluded a place in the spirit realm, but withdrew all light from that place. So it is full of darkness. And God made sure that place is full of torment and fire. So after the fall of Lucifer, now there are three regions that became existence. Heaven, the earth, and hell. Satan made sure that even though his place is hell, he took over the earth, destroyed everything on the earth, and covered the earth with darkness. Covered the earth with darkness. But God decided that he will recreate the earth. God decided that he will recreate the earth. So in Genesis 1 from verse 3, the Bible said, God began the recreation process. So I want to say today that the earth... Is not 6,000 years old. Humanity is 6,000 years old, but the earth is much older than 6,000 years old. Probably millions of years old. Because Satan destroyed everything, and so God had to recreate the whole earth. And the first thing he had to do was to bring it light. Let it be light. So darkness can push back to hell. Now, Give me the book of Revelation chapter 1. When Jesus died, no, let's go first to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. This scripture is talking about Jesus, okay? Jesus ascended to heaven and he led captivity captive. That means he puts bondage under arrest. That means Jesus tied the hands of all bondage. This scripture simply means Jesus rendered all captivity paralyzed. This scripture means that no Christian can be kept under bondage perpetually. This scripture actually means that Jesus brought total freedom to mankind. That's the meaning of this scripture. Hello? He kept captivity captive. Literally, it means Jesus arrested prison and put it into prison. Captivity, captive. What does that simply mean? Total freedom for humanity. Verse 9, he said, now this he ascended. What does it mean that he ascended, but that he also first what? Descended into the lower parts of the earth, which we know today is where? Hell, the underworld. The underworld. Jesus went to hell. When he died on the cross, his body was taken and put in a nice tomb. But he himself, as a spirit being, he went straight down to hell. What did he go to do? Give me Revelation 1, verse 17. Let me tell you what Jesus went to do. What did Jesus go to do? Number one, he went to show the blood to Satan. I've paid the full price for the freedom of mankind. Yes. Number two, he went to announce to Satan, from today, no more bondage to humanity. Yes. Number three, he took the keys of hell from Satan. Now, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet at dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid, I am the first and the last. You know who is talking now, isn't it? It's Jesus that is talking. Verse 18 And I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have what? The keys of Hades and of death. Now, where is Hades? Hell. Now, there are certain words you must be familiar with. It means the same thing. Hell, Hades, Where else. Show. There's one more. Where? No underworld. <laughs> <laughs> they mean the same thing. Give me amplified of this scripture, you see. It said, and the ever-living one, living in and beyond all time and space. I died, but see, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of And absolute control and victory over death and of Hades. And he put it in the bracket, the realm of the dead. He should have added, and the devil. Yeah, but last Sunday, we saw that Jesus talked about hell. Matthew 25, Jesus said, is a place kept for Satan and his angels. Now, Jesus is saying what? I have the keys of what? Talk to me. I have the keys of, let's say the simple one, hell. I have the keys of what? Hell Hell and death. Now, what does that mean? Now, you know, heaven is a spiritual place. So is hell. It's a spiritual place. So Jesus was not talking about a physical key. He was talking about authority to control the gates. Because what does keys do? They open and they lock, isn't it? So keys open gates, they close gates. They open doors, they close doors. So Jesus said, I have the keys of where? Hell and of death. That means Satan doesn't have control over hell anymore. Jesus had that control. Why? Because Jesus, by that, is able to regulate Satan's activity on the earth. And for that matter, fallen angels. But Jesus gave this authority to us. Matthew 16, verse 16, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said, blessed are you, Simon, bar Jonah, none of the son of Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So Jesus said, I will build my church. That's the first time the word church was mentioned in the Bible. And it was mentioned by who? Jesus. And he called it mine. He said, Upon this statement that Peter made, I am the Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. That is the foundation for the church. But he said, when I build a church, the gates of hell shall not... What? Why why did Jesus say that? Because Satan will launch attack against every church. And his abode, abode, and that of his angels are where? Hell. So Jesus said... The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The reason why Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church because hell is the place where Satan will launch attacks from against the church. It's like um, maybe Ghana is at war with another country. You know, you can, you can attack every part of Ghana, but the only way you can defeat Ghana is to be able to defeat where the stronghold of our nation is. Where do you think it is? The stronghold of Ghana, or the military might of Ghana. It's in Camp. Yeah, Camp. That is where the strongest force of this nation, that is where it resides. The highest command center is there. You capture there, Ghana is down. So, the war against Satan is useless unless hell is under control. But you know what Jesus said? He said to the disciples, I will build my church. The gates of hell Shall not prevail. Why, why did Jesus have the authority to say that? Because he told John, I have the keys. I have what? The keys. Look at verse 19. He said, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth. Now, when he said, I will give you the keys, was he talking about fiscal keys? Well, he was talking about authority. He said, and I will give to you authority. When I build my church, I'll give you authority and you have absolute control over the earth. And you permit something before heaven will endorse it. You forbid something before and heaven will endorse it. That means that Satan has freedom to to operate on earth today as long as the church allows it. Hello? Satan has freedom to operate on earth today as long as the church allows it. This is why Satan's number one target of warfare is the church. There are places where Satan has freedom to pray. It's because churches are not thriving there or they are not existent. That is why Satan will do everything to move through governments to stop the gospel. That's why some nations don't want the, the gospel. They don't want the church there because Satan knows if the church comes here, every plan we make will not succeed. So the church um, is very, very powerful, and it will remain Satan's center of attack forever. Yeah, that's why pastors of churches must know what spiritual warfare is about. Otherwise, you are just wasting your time. because Satan will come against you, mess you up, mess your church up, mess your life up. That's why you see a lot of things happening in churches. You see a lot of things happening in churches. A lot of chaos, a lot of attacks you know, men of God are doing all manner of things. It's all attacks against the church. If Satan will have his way, no church will pray. Because Satan hates a praying church. They will, say they will come against the man of God. They will attack the man of God. Every man of God is under the attack of Satan. They will attack you in different ways. One of the ways they attack you is to make ladies entice you. And some churches are ruled by very small girls. But they are small but powerful. When they talk, the pastor is on the run. And no, no girl who is not demon-possessed will not want to sleep with a pastor who is married. Can I say it again? The only lady in a church that wants to sleep with his pastor is a lady that has a demon. And that lady is on her assignment. It's not pleasure. It's a mission. Let's leave that one. That's not what we are talking about today. Now, let's, let's study a little bit about demons. Demons. Where do demons come from? Where do demons come from? How many of you want to know a little bit about demons? I think you should know. Now, I want us to read some few scriptures. Luke chapter 8, verse 2. And certain women who had been healed of what? Even spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons. I think we should read from verse 1 so that you understand the story. Okay. Now it came to pass, afterward, that... He went through every city and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom. And the 12 were with him. Who are the 12? The apostles. They were all males. But then the next verse talks about ladies. Okay, so it was not only the men that were with Jesus. There were women too. All the women say amen. Amen. But the Bible says something about most of the women. It says certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Well, already I was asking, ah, so it doesn't mean Jesus didn't cast a demon from any man. We'll see later. The women, I'll, I'll show you a scripture. It cast, men also can be possessed. Certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come out seven demons. So the Bible said that certain women were possessed with evil spirits. And one of them was even called Mary Magdalene. She had seven demons. But Jesus drove the demons out. And they were still following Jesus, working with Jesus. Now what does this tell us? It tells us that if somebody is possessed with a demon, it doesn't mean the person is evil. But as much as you are not evil, you need to permit that demon to be driven out. But let me say, if somebody doesn't allow you, you cannot drive out a demon from her. Let me say that again. If somebody is possessed but does not allow it, you can never cast out a demon out of a person. So you want to cast demons out. The first thing you should do is to discern, first of all, whether the person has the willingness even to be free. Because some people, they like it. Oh, yeah. So these people became very good women following Jesus. Yeah. All right. But the Bible makes us understand they had an evil spirit. Let's read some more scriptures. I think we should go to Mark chapter 1. Mark 1, 21 to 27. Then they went into Capernaum and in... And Immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at as his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority. And described. Jesus' teaching was different. Yeah, that means there was power in the teaching. He wasn't teaching an stories, He was teaching the real, the word was alive. Yeah, he was teaching the word. And the people were, astonished. wow, we haven't heard the Bible taught like this before. The words that were coming out of his mouth were full of power. And let me say, it is this kind of preaching that change lives. That nobody should worry anybody going on the pulpit when there is no power in your words. Don't go and trouble anybody with stories and gimmicks and, and, and uh, what do you call this one? Comedy. Church is not, entertainment center is not. If you want to do comedy, go to national theater. Come to church, there must be power in your words. Yeah. Yeah. Pastors, power in, the, in your voice, not jargons. Dragon doesn't change anybody. Nice sermons don't change anybody. Powerful teaching. It changes people's lives. And how do you tell if preaching is powerful? It's the people who must tell you. The people said his teaching was different. They were astonished at his teaching. When your teaching is powerful, people get blessed. Let's leave that one too. Verse 23. And now there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit. And he cried out. So the last scripture we read, look, it said, an evil spirit. Now, we are all seeing an unclean spirit. And there was a man who had an unclean spirit, but he was in the church. So let me say, people can have demons and be in church. It's allowed. We can't sack anybody from church unless it becomes necessary. But as much as possible, everybody must come to church. But Jesus is here to change their lives. That's why when you come to church, don't behave like everybody is an angel. Take care of your phones, take care of your bags, take care of your wallet. Because for all you know, somebody's watching your bag. Yeah, And if you arrest somebody, he has a right to tell you, but pastor told you, not everybody is an angel. <laughs> take care of everything of yours, except your Bible, of course. Because nobody will steal your Bible, I can promise you. It's not sad. The only thing that doesn't get missing in church... Is Bible. Sometimes I come here weekdays. I see people have forgotten their Bible. In fact, they they, they haven't remembered. They, they left their Bible in church. <laughs> but if somebody's phone is missing, hey, it will be tag of war. But you, what you don't know is that Bible is more than your phone. There was a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out. The man cried out. But was it the man that was crying out? Let's read on. That. Now the, saying, "Let us alone." What have we to do with you? How many men were there? One man. The man is crying out. Was it a real man or something? Suddenly, the voice began to talk, and he said, leave us alone. Now, if you meet one man on the way somewhere, and he begins to tell you, leave us alone, what what will you say? Unless he's drunk. Because when people get drunk, they feel like they are many. Yeah, drunk men, they feel confident, they feel bold. Leave us alone. What have we to do with you? So this tells you it's not a man, it's a spirit. Jesus of Nazareth, did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Demons know you. A witch in your hometown, they know you. If you are hot, they know you. If you are on fire, they know. If you've lost everything too, and you are still pretending, they know You know, I can come and stand here and say, you know, and do edge. You know, today I'm feeling the fire. I'm feeling the fire. But you know, there's one witch sitting there saying, don't mind him. Because a witch sitting down can tell that guy has lost the fire. So you can deceive people, but you cannot deceive a witch. You cannot deceive Satan. You cannot deceive demons. He said, I know who you are. He called him by name, Jesus of Nazareth. Why are you coming to disturb us? Verse 25. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, keep quiet and come out. I love that. That's when he says, And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Jesus was hearing the demon speak through the man. Jesus said, keep quiet and get out. The Bible said, the unclean spirit convulsed. That means the person went through some violent manifestations. And then in addition to that, it crowed out with a loud voice. Like, reluctantly, it went out. It shows you demons really, really, really are hesitant about living human bodies. And I'll show you why. So, unclean spirits, evil spirits, demons, where do they come from? Now, I'll tell you. So, it, it brings us back to that powerful prophecy in Genesis chapter 3. He said, I'll put enmity between You and what? The woman. And between your seed and her seed. Now, I said last Sunday that since God said that to the devil, Satan has been doing everything to make sure that anything called the seed of the woman, that seed of the woman will be what? Prevented from coming to crush his head. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. This is what Satan tried to do to prevent this. He caused his angels, fallen angels, to manifest as human beings. And they began to have affair with women on the earth. And they began to reproduce strange beings. Strange beings in the sense that these human beings are half human and half demons. Sorry, no, let's not use the word demon yet. They are half human and half evil spirits. Beings, they are not 100% humans like us. By the way, how many of you have seen in the Bible that an angel appeared to somebody in the form of a man before? How many of you have seen in the Bible before? Several places. So angels can appear like men, isn't it? Because when I teach you about angels, you will see that majority of the angels don't have wings. In fact, the Bible said only the cherubs and the seraphs have wings. The rest of the angels, from Michael to the rest, they don't have any wings. They appear and disappear. But they appear as as in the form of a, a human being to many people. The mother of Samson saw angels. Abraham saw three angels came. In fact, they ate. You know, Genesis 18, they ate. And the Bible said one of them was the Lord. So when they finished eating, the Lord remained with Abraham And the two angels went to Sodom and Gomorrah. How many angels did Lot meet in Sodom and Gomorrah? Two. But how many angels were to Abraham? Three. Okay, where was the last one? It was the one that was negotiating with Abraham. Abraham said, if you get 20 righteous people, will you destroy Sodom? He said, no. What about 10? What about 5? That was the Lord. And the earth. So angels can manifest in human form, but they are still not real human beings. So... This inherent nature, before the fall, they used it for the wrong reasons. In Genesis chapter 6, the Bible said, giants began to be reproduced on the earth. Let's read Genesis chapter 6 from verse 4. There were giants on the earth in those days. And also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them, those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. So these people... The Bible said they were giants, very tall. I mean, commentary says some of them had six fingers. Six, did you see in the Bible somebody fought against one of the Philistines who had six fingers? Yes, six fingers and six toes. And some of them were nine, nine feet tall. Let's read on. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And this scripture is not referring to the things we call wicked now. Because if it was the same wickedness we are talking about now that God saw, God would have come back to destroy the earth several times. How many of you know that? Uh-huh. So what we call wicked, that's not what God saw that time. These strange evil beings have taken over the earth and the level of wickedness, the Bible said it was continually, the imagination and the thoughts of the intense of their heart. Every time they get up, they are thinking is how to cause havoc, how to do evil, because they wanted to make sure that nothing like the seed of the woman will ever be born on the earth. And evil began to spread. Evil began to spread. And they are powerful beings. They had strong demonic powers because they are offsprings of fallen angels having sex with a woman. Are you understanding? Yeah. So they were powerful. They had strong powers. So what did God do? God decided I will destroy the earth. Verse 6. God decided to destroy the earth. And the Lord was so that he made man on the earth. And he was grieving his heart. This was a serious issue. But God found one righteous person. And the Bible said, God made a covenant with him, Noah. We all know the story. The whole earth was destroyed with a flood. Now, think about this. There's a human being who is what? One of you come. You look like a giant, so come. Now, these tall, huge, evil people are half not this guy. This guy is a good guy. He's what? Half human, half spirit, and but evil. What did the flood do? The flood destroyed their bodies. The flood destroyed their body. But the spirit is still there because spirits don't die. That's why God kept the fallen angels in hell, locked them up in chains. So this person died in the flood, but he's not comp- 100% human. The human part of him is destroyed. The spirit part of him is now floating, now floating, still evil. They became evil spirits on the earth. So when we say an evil spirit or a demonic spirit, they are what we call disembodied spirits. Disembodied spirits of the offsprings of the affair that took place between angels and women on the earth. Now, this is why if these spirits will have their way, they want to repossess people. They want to what? Repo- they hate to be there just like that. They want to possess people. So in the book of Mark chapter 5, we'll see a story there. I think I want us to read. Read Luke 8 from 30. Luke 8 verse 30. And then we will read Matthew 12. Luke 8, 30. And get ready to read Matthew 12, 43 for me. Luke 8 verse 30. Oh, no, no, no. Let's go back a little. Let be 28. The devil doesn't like this kind of teaching at all. Now, go back a little. Let's get the story complete. Okay, verse 27 will be fine. And when he stepped out into the land, they met him a certain man from the city who had what? For they love to stay among humans because that is their origin. That is their origin. They were disembodied. They want to repossess. And he was... Saying this man for a long time. In you know, fact, demon can possess somebody for life, but they don't go to the grave with you. I want to tell you, in case you love them, I want you to know if they love you enough, what the day you die, they should go to the grave with you. Yeah, when demon possesses people are about to die, they pass it on. They do backpass to the next available vessel. Either the children, if the children know Christ and they don't like it, they look for somebody else who is willing. You know, some people they, they are willing. The spirit is willing, and then they repossess. For a long time, and he wore no clothes. Nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. When you have a demonic spirit, they will enjoy your body, but they make sure that you will never, never, never enjoy life. That's why we're going to drive every demon out of people. Yes. Unless you don't want it. If you don't want it, we'll leave you like that. God bless you. I still love you. Oh, yeah. Because if somebody says, I don't want the demon to go, you cannot cast the demon. Even if you try to cast out, it will come back. Yeah. It will come back. Yeah. So if I design a demon in somebody, the first thing I do is, do you want me to drive it out? If no, I drive you away from me. Yeah. I'll drive you away, far away from me. You can have a demon and stay in my house. I'll sack you. And pastor and whole man of God, are you sucking the person? Drive the demon out. She wants it. What can I do? If you don't know the Bible, don't talk. Don't say everything. Somebody doesn't want the demon to go. Send a person out of your house. Unless it's your child. If it's your child, well, send him to, I don't know. In any case, if you said, follow my teaching well, your children should not be possessed. Yeah. Mm. Your children should not be possessed. Let's go on. Verse 28. When, Jesus, when he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the Most High? I beg you, do not torment me. So, so far... I want to see that every demon that saw Jesus, Jesus did not even initiate a fight. They voluntarily come forward to negotiate. And they sound like Jesus' presence is going to torture them and make them suffer. Do not torment me. Verse 29. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For it had often seized him and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles. And he broke the bonds and was driven by demons into the wilderness. Jesus asked him saying, what is your name? And he said, Legion, because many demons had entered him. So depending on your capacity, you can take a lot of demons. You can either have one or a thousand or a million. So now all the women, this is a man. In fact, let's do the arithmetic. Mary Magdalene, how many demons did she have? Seven. This man with no name, how many demons did he have? <laughs> Legion, 6,000. According to this arithmet, men can take more demons than women, according to my gospel. <laughs> so, all this suspicion against women alone is lack of knowledge. Men too can be possessed by men. They can have demons and they can do more harm because women have a little feeling than men. When men want to be wicked, if they go all out. Legion. Legion means 6,000. An army of 6,000 is called a legion. The demon said, this is our name. So demons like to possess human bodies because staying out of human bodies makes them very, very, very uncomfortable. That's why if you are driving a demon out of a place, you see that it is reluctant to go. If you are not anointed, you look in your face and tell you, out, I'm not going anywhere. Go, I won't go. Go, I won't go. Because they are enjoying their place. Let's read a scripture in Matthew 12. And when an unclean spirit, and this is Jesus' teaching, eh? Jesus taught about demons. Okay, what did Jesus teach the disciples? He said, when an unclean spirit goes out of where? Amen. That means that uh, an unclean spirit, their number one place they want to stay is human beings, including your body, you. I'm talking to you. He goes out through dry places. Seeking rest and finds none. Jesus said demons, when they leave human bodies, they don't find rest. It's like hustling. They feel hustled because of their origin. They go round, 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 and they don't get rest. So what do they do? What do they do? Then he says, I'll return to my house. Uh -uh. So demons call human bodies my house. So if you say, I won't give my body to, to the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible said, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So next week, I'll teach you how demons can easily enter your body. Anytime you have a sickness that is demonic, it's a demon that has entered. Do you know some sicknesses are demonic? It's the one the doctor even tells you, go and pray Oh, this thing. Today we do the test, is like this. Tomorrow is like that. Tomorrow is like this. Tomorrow is like that. And I've seen believers get report. Doctors are telling them, we don't know what is going on. Pray. It means there's a demon there. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. If you don't allow the Holy Spirit to have access to your body, a demon will enter there. And it's so easy. A believer who is still addicted, there's a demon in you. Addicted to alcohol, addicted to smoking, addicted to drugs, there's a demon. It's a demon that keeps craving, like, go for it, go for it, go for it. It's a demon. A believer that is addicted to pornography, there's a demon. That there's a demon so that says, ah, but you haven't watched this thing for one week now. Yeah, it's a demon. Oh. You won't like this teaching next week, but you need to come to church next week because I'll be looking out for you. It's a demon that makes you shun spiritual things and crave for carnal things. Bible call it the lust of the flesh. Some of you, you will never turn your TV to a Christian station. You will never take your phone and say, let me watch Pastor Hubert. Let me watch Hinn." When you take your phone, you are on pornographic sites. It's a craving. It's a compulsion. It's a demonic spirit. I am telling you it's a demon. It's a demon that makes you do that. Because, (laughs) let's leave this. I think we have a lot to study today. So I'll talk about this more next week. Not to condemn you, but to teach you how we can keep the devil where he belongs. Amen? Because he cannot be right there inside you and say you are defeating him. He's too smart. You are bombarding him there. He's staying right with you, in bed with you. That's how you sleep and have all those kind of dreams. He's right there with you. When your body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has control. That's how you touch people and the power of God touches them. You see, if the Holy Spirit is not have full access to you, the power of God cannot easily flow through you. Because I'm crucified with Christ. The Spirit of God absolutely control. You touch people, they feel the power of God. But the Holy Spirit has control over your life. It flows through you. Jesus breathed on people, and the Holy Spirit was touching them. People. It's fantastic. It's more than having a demon. I'll return to my house from which I came. And when he comes and finds it empty, that means you refuse to allow the Holy Spirit to have his place. Some of you, there's no one gospel music in your house. You don't know how to sing one worship song in this church. All the song, you know the beginning, first one. Lord, I give you my heart. (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 Hello, <laughs> you don't know the songs but all the songs of Shatawale you know all of them all the songs of Stoneboy you know them all the songs of Samini you know them all the songs of Abadab you know them <laughs> you know it word for word word for word Whether it's a pause, you know. Whether it's a you know, fast tempo, you know. You know everything. In fact, some of you can even sing it better than the the. so there are many believers. Satan has left you, but your house is empty. You you are empty and you are living dangerously. You think you are doing God something, but you are making yourself prone to havoc. So that's why I'm teaching this thing. Next week, you have to know how to shut all the entry points. There's some things you don't watch. There's some things you don't eat. There's some things you don't hear. There's some places you don't go. There are some things you don't do. Do you know what Jesus put? He said, the prince of this world is coming. He has nothing in me. He wasn't referring to sin. He was referring to access. For some people, the prince of this world is coming by, he has his, uh, how do you call it? Fifth column inside. You know the fifth column? They are the enemies within, enemies within. Every demonic activity of life, I command it to stop now. In the name of Jesus. He finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Look at the next one. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of of that man is worse than the first. So shall he also be with this wicked generation? The last state of the person is worse. That's why it is not good to be in a hurry to drive demons out of people. Are you hearing me? Because if you drive a demon out of somebody, but you didn't teach him how to make sure he lives godly, his spirit is empty, and he is prone to receiving more demons than even what you cast out. So pastors must know, me, I don't waste my time. If I see that somebody is not ready to be free, I don't waste my time. To cast a demon out of people. Yeah, I don't waste my time. And in the first place, I can stay with you for long. If you have a demon, you, that demon can do anything to me. Yeah, I can be nice to you. I can sit with you, shake with you, eat with you, live with you, talk with you. You have a demon, it's up to you. I have the Holy Ghost. You have your evil ghost. <laughs> if you fly in the night, I fly by the power of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, so I'm, I'm fine. But for people to be delivered, they have to know, they have to be willing, number one. And number two, they have to know how to live their life after the demon has been cast out. How to fill their their, their mind with the word of God. How to allow their body to become a temple of the Holy Spirit. How do you make your life a temple of the Holy Spirit? Paul said, present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. I want to talk to you about about the structure of the demonic kingdom. I learned something today. Yeah, You are gaining victory over the devil. I said, you are gaining victory over the devil. Satan will no more have dominion over you. In the name of Jesus. Everybody pray in tongues for a minute. Holy Spirit, we pray for more wisdom and understanding. I arrest every power of witchcraft in this atmosphere. I arrest the power of darkness. In this atmosphere. I stop every demonic activity. In Jesus' name, I command wisdom, revelation, and understanding. Right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So, now, we have Satan, we have fallen angels. 2 Peter 2, 4. It for if God did not spare the angel who sinned. Who is he talking about? The angels that sinned. Satan and his angels. Okay. God did not spare them. But what did he do? He cast them down to hell and delivered them into what? Chains of darkness. So most of the fallen angels are in chains. Why? Most of them, because if all of them are released on the earth, it will be terrible. It will be terrible. That's why Jesus took the keys and gave it to us. If the church of Jesus Christ today knows the authority and exercises it well, every demon, including the devil, will be bound. Yeah, so I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I have the keys of death and of hell. That means the ability to have access to the earth is because of our irresponsible activity. Now, Satan established a kingdom on the earth. I've showed you that. But let's look at the structure of the kingdom, how they operate. Paul tells us that in Ephesians 6.12. He said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? And, and, hey, somebody For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenlies. Let's do this and close for today. What are principalities? What are powers? What are rulers of the darkness of this age? What are spiritual hosts of wickedness? How many of you think it's good for you to know it? Yeah, you need to know it. The word principality comes from the root word where we have the word prince. The word prince means first, It also means headship. That's why we have uh, the word principal. Principal is the superintendent over a place, isn't it? Principalities are ruling spirits. They are spirits that rule over specific regions, spaces, and people grouping. Their main work is territorial control, establishment of patterns, create rules of engagement, create chains of command and order and everything. So. Every region on the earth has a principality. This is very important. You need to be listening to me. Every country has a principality. Every region within a country. How many regions do we have now? 16. Every region has a principality. It used to be 10, isn't it? When Akufadu made it 16, Satan also increased the number of principals. Oh, yes, I can tell you. Satan was informed. Hey, the regions are now 16. Every region has a principality. In the same way, every city has a principality. Every community within the city has a principality. Now, at the same time, every family has a principality. Are you getting Satan's strategy now? Yeah, I'm taking my time to explain it to you. Every territory has a principality. Every people grouping, even industries, have principalities that are in charge. They report directly to Satan. So your family, there's a principality. Then your hometown, there's a family but they used to call it family gods. town gods. Have you a town god before? All of you, if you go to your hometown, there's a god. That is the principality. Your family has a principality. The community you live in there's a principality. And these principalities, they set the parameters for living. That's why you see particular trends of lifestyle, trends of experiences with families, with communities, with cities. Even with countries, don't you see behavior styles of citizens are different. Lifestyle of Ghanaians, the mindset of Ghanaians is different from that of another country. That's our principalities. In fact, an example of principalities in Daniel ten twelve. Let's read it. Everybody, look at it. He said, "Do not fear, Daniel, for the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your ways were heard, and I have come." Because of your words. Uh But the prince, the heart, The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief words, princes. So this guy was a prince, according to angelic ranking. And I said, Satan fell with angels. You understand me? This guy was what? A prince. Micah was what? Not a prince. Micah was what? Chief prince. So Micah was a higher rank. But the guy who was sent to deliver the message to Daniel could not prevail against the prince of Persia. Now, Persia was a very big region um, that conquered Babylon. The king was Cyrus. Remember Cyrus in the Bible? He was the first king of Persia. It's a big region. And in those days, all of you know, all of you know that every king, they have tools, they have thrones established by demonic powers. Do you know that? Okay. And that is where municipalities rule from. Because anybody who is put in a place of authority who doesn't know God will go to Satan for powers. You know, Nebuchadnezzar had a lot of powers. Pharaoh worshipped the Nile God. That's why God told Moses, go and meet Pharaoh in the Nile. He wasn't going to swim. Pharaoh was going to worship. Every morning they go to worship at the Nile. God told Moses, go and meet him at the Nile and tell him, let my people go. So every of these kings, even in those times, including now, that's why all of us in our towns and villages, there is a stool. And when they say stool, it's not the one the chief sits on. There's another one in the room somewhere. Do you know how they build those tools? They kill human beings. They use human blood sometimes the blood of a virgin in the olden days now I don't know how they are doing it, but for NS2 to be st- established, it is a lot of sacrifice, human sacrifice. Why they want to fortify the kingdom of the king and make him powerful and those entities become the ruling spirits. why the king has ceded authority to them willfully. Mark one of chief priests came to help me for I have been l- left. Alone there with the kings of what? Persia. Look at this. And now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days. For the vision refers to many days to come. When he had spoken such words to me, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless. I'll show you another scripture. But have you seen what I'm talking about? So the kingdom of Persia, there was a principality. And this principality controlled the spiritual atmosphere. To the extent that when God was sent angel to bring an answer to Daniel. Why is that important? Because Daniel was not praying for car or for his marriage or for money. Who knows what Daniel was praying for? The freedom, the liberation of Israel. Daniel chapter 9, he said, I understood by the books, that the time for Israel to be free from captivity, according to the prophecy of Jeremiah, was 70 years. And they had passed 70 years and they were still in captivity. So Daniel was interceding. So now the angel that was sent to bring the message for the freedom of Israel. So that is a major issue. The principality of the kingdom intercepted it. Do you know why God had to send Michael to come? Because Daniel kept fasting and praying. Daniel kept fasting and praying. Daniel was sitting there the fast. It was on the 21st day. That means three cycles of the week. First week passed. Nothing happened. Daniel said, I go again. Because the Jews, they pray in cycles. They pray in cycles. They are dealing with important issues. It's a seven-day fast or a 14-day fast. Or, and any go in that order. So on the third week, 21st day, if the angel hadn't come, Daniel would have continued. This will let you know there are certain issues. You don't deal with it. Five minutes prayer and get a breakthrough. There are certain issues. You need to have time for it. So when we say 40 days of fasting, it is because there are things that must be dealt with and dealt with well. If you don't want to do it, you're just playing with your life and destiny. So those are principalities. Most of them are fallen angels, and they don't make direct contact with people. They rule over regions and over people groupings. Yeah, there are many examples of principalities in the, in the Bible. For instance, in the time that Israel was delivered from Egypt and sent in Canaan, the Canaanites worshipped a god called Baal. Baal is a principality. Are he you hearing me? It was the god of of the Palestine region. And he was known as the God of fertility. The worship of Baal goes with all forms of profanity and immorality. That is why the Israelites had a hard time turning away from Baal and worshiping God. But it was the principality of the region. And at that time, knowledge of spiritual warfare was not there. So what the prophet didn't even know how to deal with these things. You know, when I read the, the book of the prophets, if you see the way people like Jeremiah and Ezekiel were, lament, we're talking to the Israelites, You see, these people were under strong demonic control. But do you know why those prophets are powerless in the face of those entities? Because Jesus had not shed his blood. That is why you never see any man of God in the Old Testament casting out a demon. Go read your Bible. Demon casting started with Jesus. Because they don't have the power to drive out demons. And they don't have power to stop, to contend against principalities like we have. That's why Jesus said to Peter, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. We have the authority. So it was because of the strong effect of these principalities. Like, Molech was the principality of the Ammonites. It was the God that ruled that territory. They worshipped him, everybody, and things like that. Let's go on. Let's go on. Powers. Powers are the demonic entities that carry out Satan's agenda. In other words, they are the errand guys. Powers are the errand guys. Powers are the day-to-day activity, guys. In an organization, we will say that principalities are what? The top executives. Powers are operations, operational managers. They are their powers. They do their day-to-day things. So the principality says this family, no marriage, no prosperity, but who carry out those things in day-to-day activity is the powers. Powers can also be contacted by human beings. So they make direct contact with people. Let me give you examples of powers, witchcraft. That's how you hear witchcraft powers. You hear of marine powers, you hear of fetish powers. There are examples of powers, idols, divination, necromancy, astrology, and so on and so on and so forth. They are the powers of darkness. Voodoo. You know what is voodoo? The one we call in Akan, Juju. Juju, we don't, it's not an idol you carry. His charms will do it for you, and the powers are following you. Why well, say hey? Things are happening. But the idol worshiper, he has his idol in the house. He has to go and kill and do these things. Satan has power. If somebody tells you, Satan doesn't have power, he's, 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 he's misled. If Satan has power. There are strong demonic powers that can do a lot, except that that power is nothing compared to the power of God. But Satan has power. And anyone who doesn't have the power of God, they are the mercy of this. So there are powers. Marine powers are powers in, in the river and the sea. Water spirits. Yeah, water spirits. They contact people. They possess people. They work through people. They do a lot of things. Those are marine powers. Jezebel had witchcraft power, strong one. Even God spoke about Jezebel in Revelation chapter 2. That meant the lady was powerful. So we have principalities. We have powers. Thiri, rulers of the darkness of this age. That's another segment of the demonic kingdom. What is their. Work darkness, darkness. What is the work of the rulers of the darkness? They control the world system. The world system. What is the world system? The mindset, philosophy, and the lifestyle of worldly people. So the life in the kingdom of God and there is the life of the world. The world says God is not important. Jesus is, is foolishness. Church is nonsense. All these things is a waste of time. You can do everything by yourself. And then they have philosophies and ideologies that keep people in darkness. Now, this place is very important for Christians because we all hate powers. But this is another segment of spiritual warfare that many Christians are ignorant of. So how does rulers of darkness operate? They operate through systems. They create systems that rule people's lives. So, when we have gospel music, inspired music, spiritual songs, powerful hymns, fine music, they initiate worldly music. They initiate worldly music, accompany it with a lot of drugs and alcoholism, accompany it with a lot of profanity, keep people in bondage. We can't bring worldly music to the church. We can't save the world and copy them at the same time. So, occultism is an example of rulers of the darkness, the occult world. All secrets. Society, they say, oh, it's, oh, it's not anything evil. Oh. It's not the devil. Oh. We are just brotherhood. We just love each other. We help each other. Oh, it's oh, so. It's, it's very innocent, except that we don't like all, any creepy people. We just want to be together, help another. Then you join. When you join, small, graduate, next level, next, then they say, now you have to do covenant. Okay, what are the terms of the covenant? Okay, you have to give this, you have to do this, you have to sacrifice. Ah, But you said the thing is just. Brotherhood, occultism, secret societies. Now, if there's nothing evil about it, why are you making it secret? The fact that you make it secret means there's something wrong with it. Cultures, rulers of darkness, as you well, are, are behind all forms of ungodly cultures. In the times when the knowledge of Jesus was not there, there were all manner of cultures that perpetrate demonic worship, like belief in ancestors, pouring libation, talking to the dead. You contact evil spirits cultures. To the extent that there was a time, even naming ceremony, they would say, alcohol, this is drink. How can you be naming a child and the only thing that child must taste is alcohol? In other words, they are sentencing you to a life of alcoholism. Cultures, religions, any other religion apart from Jesus. Apart from what? Jesus. Jesus. It's demonic. And why does Satan do that? To give people options. or oh, if you don't like Jesus, you can have this. All these are taking people to hell. Keeping people in bondage. The sad thing is, if somebody say from today, I'm not a Christian, nobody hates them. Nobody that We even love them, we pray for them more, isn't it? There are some religions, you can't leave oh, They will kill you. If this thing is godly, you say we are all serving the same God. That? When people leave your church and come to Christianity, you want to kill them. When people leave Christianity, they want to go there. We don't have any problem. Any religion contrary to Jesus is ungodly. It's taking people to hell. So this segment of demonic warfare, they don't fight you. They lure you. They mislead you. They deceive you. And they sway multitudes of people. Multitudes of people. Lifestyle patterns. Lifestyle patterns that are ungodly. It's all working from here. Today, you can't tell the youth's sex after marriage. They will tell you who said so. Because another philosophy is contending against that of the scripture. It is the philosophy of the world. The philosophy of the world. That's why, you know, First John said, love not the world. I think James 4 verse 4, give it to me. He said, friendship with this world is enmity against God. Love not the world. In fact, this segment of spiritual warfare, one of the things that is that, is that it, they are the people who get followers for Satan. Rulers of the dark now, they get followers for Satan because they lead other people. They make life look appealing but the systems they create, the, 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 mo- the model of lifestyle they create, the way everything is working towards fighting the gospel of Jesus. That's how people go to church, but they, li- they, pre- they prefer to live in the world. They'll go to church Sunday, but Monday to Saturday is all the world. So it's an adult stress, and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You see, he didn't say whoever wants to be a friend to Satan. Mm -hmm. Satan is smart. He didn't put himself there. He created a system and he works from behind it. So many people don't know, including Christians, we hate everything about church. We love everything about the world. That's what I was saying. You hate gospel music. You hate God, godly songs. You love worldly songs. Worldly songs are appealing to you. There are Christians who come to say they can't even clap and praise the Lord. But let them put one shatawale on top, and then you see movements. You see dancing moves. I mean, I can't dance those dance, so I'm, I'm just doing an example. There are church going people who can dance worldly songs more than the worldly people. In fact, they can teach to worldly people, they can train them you can't praise God in church. You can't praise the God you serve. What a shame. What a shame. What a shame. It means Satan still have a place in your life. You attend all manner of rituals. All manner of things still going on. I will call it things. You are there. Because they have give you a post in their family. Satan has gotten a ground in your life. Seriously, you don't know. He'll give you nice posts. Nice posts. So this one is not anything, just for the gods, for the for the ancestors, just something. You are part of rituals. Is here? Rulers of the darkness of this world. If you are Christians, you cannot belong to any Freemason. You cannot belong to any lodge. That's what I'm saying. And a church that is godly cannot create a lodge. One thing that pains my heart is that in those places, they love each other and they are more united than Christians in the church. We say we have the Holy Spirit, we know Jesus. But we can't even work together. But go and join Freemason and see. They fight with one another. They defend one another. Not because they are perfect. Even if you did wrong, they'll cover you. But church, when you do wrong, oh, away bars. They'll throw you out. They give you out. They'll give you out. That's why, that's why Christians are falling into the hands of, of Freemasons. And yeah, they help each other. You want a job, you meet and say, oh, you are one of us. Oh, you got a job. Yeah, Employ a believer into your workplace and see. He would the one who undermine you to remove you from work. You, the guy who employed you, eh? the one believer, you, one church member you employ in your company, he will destroy the company for you in the name of Jesus. Yeah. But what about in church? We begin to think about how we can, we can be there for each other. The main ministry is strong, solid. Every man feels belonged. Every man feel cared for. The women ministry, strong, powerful, doing what the youth ministry, there's unit, there's agreement. Things are going well. We don't need Freemasons. We don't need an occultic group. We, ha- we, we, are, we are Christians. We are Christians. We have Jesus in our lives. Place to clap. These days, it's difficult to help church members, but let's leave that. We'll, we'll pray about that next week. Amen. Final one. Now we've done principalities. Principalities are what? Principalities are what? Somebody talk to me. What are principalities? Ruling spirits. See, these are things you must know. When you're talking to somebody, you know that, yes, you know the Bible. You're not doing guesswork. Yeah, yeah. Are you hearing me? You come to this church, you must know the Bible. You must be a Bible scholar. That's what we believe in ICGC. Principalities are ruling spirits. Powers are what? Nobody can say anything. What are powers? They are the spirit entities that release satanic energy. They are the ones that carry out the day-to-day errands of Satan. Rulers of the darkness of this world, they are what? They are the spirit entities that rule the world system. When I say world, I don't mean the earth. There's a difference between the earth and the world. When we say world, we are talking about a system that governs lifestyle on the earth. But God didn't call you to live by the world system. God called you to live by the kingdom system. When people see them, as not, this is... Christian. He's a child of God. His lifestyle is different. Christianity is not something you shout out. It's a life you live. When people see, they say, no, this is a Christian. You don't need to shout it out. If you're a true believer, you don't need to shout it out. You don't need to make noise about it. They watch your life. Last one. The last one is what? Spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. They are the entities responsible for major global disasters and massive destruction of human lives. These are wickedness, they are not happy when one person dies or somebody's waste is paining him. Those are for the powers. The powers, they destroy people here and there, make people sick. These people are wickedness. They love to see massive bloodshed, mass destruction. So they create global disasters that will cause massive loss of lives. Political chaos, wars. They move Putin to go to Ukraine. <laughs> oh yeah, I can tell you, on the face of scripture, they moved Putin because they wanted bloodshed. By the time that war is over, Christianity is completely destroyed in Ukraine. But Ukraine had a strong Christian background. So it's not just about war, bloodshed. Hitler killed close to 20 million people, one man, in the World War. Jews alone, he killed six million. The whole of Europe put together, he killed close to 20 million, one person. That is wickedness, isn't it? Uh, Hitler's wickedness is not the kind of one we are saying, my uncle is wicked. He didn't give me money to buy food. That's, that's, that's another level. <laughs> Famines, hunger, severe human sufferings, pandemics and epidemics. It's all the work of spiritual wickedness places. They invade the earth. Every year you will hear something happening somewhere on the planet where human lives are being lost. Earthquakes, and the Bible said they operate from the heavenlies. Let me explain spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. 2 Corinthians 12, 2 Corinthians. It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I love Apostle Paul, eh? Let's go on. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body, I do not know, or whether out of the body, I do not know. God knows. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven. Paul said, I know somebody who was caught up to the third heaven? Whoever the person was, I don't know. Actually, it was himself. He didn't want to. He didn't want to brag about things. The guy had so much revelation. He decided to distance himself from some of them. What a the man! This is where I learned. You don't need to be called a prophet in the New Testament before because you see visions. Because Paul saw more visions than some most of the Old Testament prophets, and yes, his title was apostle. So all this, is every small boy he see vision here and he's calling himself prophet is because they don't know the Bible. Are you hearing me? And the sad thing, it is you people who call them the prophets. Because you see something small. Yeah. I'll be teaching about the prophetic. Then you see that even you, you are supposed to be seeing. In fact, you see. Only you don't know that you are seeing. Yeah. Everybody was the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. And the lowest level of the prophetic is visions. Oh, bad news. The lowest level of the prophetic is visions. There is higher things than visions. How many of you can see me? How many of you who can see me can see your back? Anybody? If you say you can see your back, you are a suspect. (laughs) What am I saying? Vision gives you 180 degrees sight. That's why it's the lowest level of the prophetic. Vision doesn't give you the whole picture. Number two, vision requires interpretation. That's why the Old Testament, the prophetic was more with visions. But when the Holy Spirit came in the New Testament, Prophetic has moved beyond. Vision is still there, but there is more. Mm. In fact, Apostle Paul said it simple. He said, 1 Corinthians 2.9 said, Eyes have not seen. That's the lowest level. The second one is what? Ears have not heard. Hearing is higher in the prophetic than seeing. Why? Because you can hear from behind. So hearing gives you 360 degrees. Hello, <laughs> Vision is 180. Hearing, 360 degrees. And the, and the third one is what? Discernment. He said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man. That's discerning. Discerning takes you beyond 360 degrees. It takes you into dimensions. I'm going to teach you that, I promise. And nobody will be messing up with you and telling you all manner of things. Let's come back to my scripture. I know a man who went to the third heavens. Apostle Paul. Say, Pastor, you are hearing me. The father is sea vision. not not me you go and call yourself prophet. Yeah, Otherwise, would have been prophet by now. What do you think, senior prophet or senior prophet Harry Hubert? Wow, that would have been powerful, eh? Or arch prophet? Why are people wearing themselves about all these titles? Hallelujah! Now the latest one is ambassador. I'm seeing a lot of people prophets going and say ambassador. His Excellency Ambassador Prophet Doctor. Like, what is wrong? And yet, it is we the church people. We are calling them. No, if I come here one day and I say, no, from today, my name is. <laughs> no, 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 I'm serious. I'm serious. Stop laughing at me. <laughs> if I say, from today, my name is Senior Prophet, Doctor, uh, Ambassador. I think some of you should get there and say, Pastor, I think, respectfully, we don't like these titles. <laughs> but, you know, churches, when the pastor comes out, that's when people stand and start clapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They compose songs for the pastor. That's the foolishness that are happening in church. And it's common to Africa. The Africans, in, in verity complex is our problem. I mean, go to the U.S. Kenneth Higgin, Benny Hinn, Ora Roberts, T.D. Jakes. Those guys are cool and doing great things. Kenneth Copeland. Eh? And they are greater than all these ambassadors in Ghana here. Paula White, Joyce Mayer, Johnny. I mean... They're just okay with their names. They are just okay with their names. Mori eh? Benihin is Benihin. Whether you call him pastor or not, he's, 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 he's touched the world. What is wrong with us? Let's leave this one too. But it's very important. I hope you have learned something. Yes. Yeah, the day I come here one day, I mean, you guys should say, no, Choboy, we, we don't want this. <laughs> don't encourage somebody into doom. If you love me, you shouldn't do that. You should, start, you should start organizing fasting and prayer for pastor. Because pastor has lost his mind. You should start praying. Just because you have to organize fasting all night. Prayer, let Lord deliver our pastor. <laughs> because nobody in his right mind will carry those titles. I promise you. You don't need them. You are a doctor. Reverend doctor. You... You don't know anything. I think doctorate is a, is a joke. To the extent that people who have even earned it academically are even ashamed to now use it because small, small boys have spoiled the title. I mean, listen, why are we not satisfied with the title pastor? Pastor Hubert, it's not enough. Me, when I was due for ordination, I even forgot. Yeah, I was supposed to have be ordained 2013. I ordained which year? 2016. I forgot. I was too busy doing the work. In fact, one hour point, they asked me, how, why did it take you so long? I said, well, I forgot. No, I'm telling the truth. Because what has that title changed change with me? If I was not called Reverend up to now, I would have still been doing very well. Or oh, you don't think so? Yeah. Let's close with the third heaven. 2 Corinthians 12. No, I want the scripture, please. Verse 2. Okay. So he went up to the third heaven. Listen. Paul said he went to the what? Said heaven. I want to explain this and then we close. It looks like today we will not be able to do any prayers, but don't worry. Next week we're going to pray like crazy. Verse 3. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. How he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one I will boast, yet of myself I will not boast except in my infirmity. So now, you begin to see that he was talking about himself. Look at verse 6. For though I might desire to boast, I will, not be a f- I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth. But I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. You see, Paul was saying that the reason why I was pretending not to say I was the one is because I didn't want people to elevate me too highly. Paul said, these visions I see is the grace of God. He said, there are things I saw that God doesn't even allow me to write. But I, I don't like talking about these things. That's why even I wish I could have said it was somebody else. That's why he was saying whether it was me, it was uh, me or in the body or not, I don't know. This is the reason. He said, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me. To. Do you know that? It, it was some prophets who saw this today. Hey, they'll do press conference. Ah, they went to third heaven. They would do press conference. And they would demand some titles. Paul was rather running away from the praise of men. Because, do you know why? Because actually this thing is the grace of God. It's the grace of God. Listen, I can tell you this. Our ability to see vision is not because of you. It's not because of anything special about you. It's a grace. That's why we don't charge people to see visions. You don't need to pay. It's free. It's the grace of God. Anybody that makes you feel it's a special achievement, if some special activity, see? They're the ones who make you pay. And once you pay for it, God is not in it. And if God is not in it, you're not going to get the true solution. But Paul said, I went to the third heaven. Then the, the next verse, he said, I went to paradise. was in paradise. Paradise is the same as the third heaven. Now, the argument is this. If there is a third heaven, it suggests that there is what? A first one and a second one, okay? Now, the Bible is saying that We are wrestling against spiritual wickedness in the heavenlies. That means that there is a space that Satan tried to occupy in the spirit realm, also called the heavenlies. Ephesians 2 verse 2. In which you once walked, according to the cause of this world, according to the prince of what? Everybody read for me. The prince of the power of the air, which means in the atmosphere. Okay, theologians believe that the first heaven is the normal physical atmosphere we have, and this normal physical atmosphere is very vast. If you have travelled in an aircraft before, you know you can be at a certain height and see clouds under you and not see the earth. So it's a vast space, 60,000 feet above sea level, 100,000 feet above sea level. You all travel in an aircraft, so when you get there, then you see what I was talking about. Yeah. In your lifetime, you will. Amen. Several times until you are tired. Yes. I prophesied that over your life. Yes. In the name of Jesus. Yes. You will travel in an aircraft. When it happens, remember, I will give the prophecy. You bring me an offering, amen. So, the first heaven is the atmospheric heaven. Beyond the atmospheric heaven, there is a region in the spirit realm occupied by Satan and a lot of demonic spirits. It says the prince of the power of the earth. This word sounds familiar, isn't it? The prince. Because uh, Gabriel told Daniel, the prince of Persia resisted me. It happened there in the heavenlies. Then there is the third heaven. That's the region of God. So spiritual wickedness in heavenly places suggests that in every place on the earth, there is a realm in the heavens occupied by demonic entities. We'll study more about this next week. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.